0: I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth and Mission. Everybody's focused on the big races on Election Day, with the presidential race and Senate races at the top of the list. But there are important state legislature races happening all over the country that will determine the way legislative boundaries are drawn. La La Wu, a Mission District resident, founded Sister District to try to influence these local races. Hear why she's optimistic about Election Day and why she thinks 2021 will bring brighter days. Lala woo! welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. We are uh, rapidly coming up on Election Day, and I was wondering how you're feeling, if you're optimistic, nervous, in dread, all of the above. How are you doing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel a lot of things. (laughs) I bet. Um, But I feel optimistic. I feel optimistic. I think that The incredible energy that we have seen all the way from the day after Election Day 2016 strong through today is going to pay off, you know, and our uh, democracy is strong enough to withstand this test. And it is a very serious test.
0: Oh, yes. We've all been tested (laughs) and tested and tested. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. It's, you know, it's testing
1: our, our, our social fabric, you know, and it's testing our systems, um and our democracy at its heart. But I think we're going to survive this test. And I feel I feel
0: good about it. So you co-founded a, a very cool organization called Sister District. And I was wondering if you can explain when that happened, what was the inspiration and what exactly it does?
1: Yes. So um, I co-founded Sister District with four other women in the wake of the 2016 election. We founded it because like you and, you know, people who are listening, I'm sure felt after the election, so many emotions, again, lots of feelings, you know, fear, confusion, Mm -hmm. anger. And one feeling we really felt very strongly was the sense of helplessness. You know, how could it be that we live in the Bay Area, which is so rich in resources and energy, but we couldn't figure out how to move the national needle? So we also looked around and saw that although Democrats were the majority of this country and Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by almost 3 million votes, we weren't in power in any of the branches of government. You know, so how could this be? And we looked around for the reasons and we saw many of them, you know, voter suppression, the electoral college, fake news, but one really stood out to us and that was gerrymandering. Mm -hmm. Um, It stood out to us because we saw how it could unlock uh, so much progressive gains, so many progressive gains in other places. So gerrymandering, of course, is the practice of politicians manipulating district lines to favor their own political party to the detriment of fair representation. right. This means that we get really unfair results like in Austin, Texas, which is a blue Democratic stronghold. It's carved up into five different districts, only one of which is held by a Democrat.
0: Huh.
1: Yes. And then North Carolina is another example where it's actually a 50-50. It's a purple state, solidly purple. But of their 13 congressional delegates of their 13 Congress people, 10 of them are Republicans and only three are Democrats. Hmm. And that is extremely unfair, right? Like that is gerrymandering um, to a T. And not only does it just strike us as unfair, but it leads to really extreme policy that is not reflective of what the people want, Mm -hmm. you know, because these Republicans have these safe seats that are in these uh, manipulated district lines, they know they're not going to lose. And so then they feel beholden to nobody except their party. Um, And they can pass really extreme policies, you know, in all issues, environment, reproductive rights, um, labor, education, and so on and so forth. Right. So there is some good news, which is that gerrymandering in most states, is controlled by state legislatures. It's state by state, but in Uh most states, it's state legislatures. So we looked at this and we thought, okay, what can we do? We wanna harness the abundance of donor and volunteer energy that exists all over the country and direct it to these critical state legislative races, where our support can mean the difference between a win and a loss and where we can have an impact on redistricting. So that's exactly what we're doing. We organize people into local teams all across the country. Um, we've got over 150 active teams, and then we sister them. So it's like a sister cities concept. Mm-hmm. We sister each team with two to four state legislative candidates per year for support. Uh, so, for example, San Francisco team, my home team, um, uh, we're supporting two races in Arizona, Felicia Fred- French and, uh, uh, Carol, uh, sorry, Coral Evans, and then also Selena Montoya and Joanna Katanek in Texas. And so then all year long, um, we started up, uh, when we announced our first wave of endorsements in March, volunteers in San Francisco have been organizing fundraisers and phone banks and postcard parties, all to support these candidates, you know, and Pre-pandemic, you know, the candidates were actually scheduled to come from Arizona in early March. There was going to be, you know, all these appreciation parties for volunteers who threw house parties last year. They were planning to take trips to Arizona. There was going to be all these, you know, musical celebrations, et cetera.
0: And then of the course the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now we can never have fun again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There was definitely, you know, I think
1: everybody had that moment, which was like, oh no, we're never going to have fun again. (laughs) Although we did think we're never going to have fun for two weeks and then it'll be over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Seven months later.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that quickly, quickly we realized, um, you know, and our volunteers. I'm so proud that our 45,000 volunteers all across the country um, have always been extremely creative, extremely dedicated, um, and but with the pandemic, really shown how incredibly resilient this group of people is. You know, quickly everybody pivoted. Um, in San Francisco alone, uh, they used to uh, do these really fun trivia nights with the big the big quiz thing um, uh, uh, which is, uh, Noah Tarnow, this awesome guy who runs it. He's San Francisco based, highly recommend trivia, um, oh, organized by him. Super fun. Um, you know, it used to be all in person, but quickly pivoted to online. And it turns out that zoom trivia, super fun. Um, <laughs> I, I did a chronicle
0: a- zoom trivia earlier and that oh, went very awesome. well. Yes.
1: Oh, so cool. So cool.
0: Uh, yeah. And so that's been really
1: awesome. And then, uh, you know, we've also spun up silent auctions, which have been really incredibly successful fundraisers. The San Francisco team raised over $40,000, you know, doing silent auction, uh, to support all the proceeds went straight to their candidates in Arizona and Texas. Um, and it was really awesome way to highlight, uh, you know, folks from the community too, in Mm -hmm. this time where we're not, able to be as connected in person and businesses are struggling. um, It's cool to be able to highlight like, Hey, this small business is, you know, putting this thing up for a good cause um, or uh, this person wants to offer uh, their, their talents, for example, offering yoga classes or free movement work or something like that. Yeah. Um, You know, and this reflects the incredible work that's happening all over the country. We have really amazing comedy nights, and yoga classes, cooking classes, people doing Ask Me things on how to help your kids get into college. I mean, you name it. There's oh, cool. all, all kinds of stuff. And you can think of it. You can dream of it. We've turned it into a fundraiser to support candidates in these swing states.
0: And is all this fundraising and effort paying off, do you think? Are you going to actually achieve what you're hoping for on election day?
1: Yes, absolutely. All of our races are looking really good. They are still looking close um, but that's that's where exactly we want to be at Sister District. We look for these races where we can um, where our impact can really mean that last little bit of difference. Uh, you know our races are so close last year we supported races that were decided by 168 votes, 189 votes. Four hundred ninety-nine votes, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's nine thousand people voting total, thirty thousand people voting total, and so these are tiny races where every dollar, every phone call can make a difference. Oh, and I almost forgot: in twenty seventeen, we supported a race, Shelly Simon's in Virginia, that was actually a literal tie, and wow. she only, yes, and she only lost when her name wasn't drawn. Oh, ornable I know. Oh, but man. there's a happy end, happy ending there. We supported her again in 2019 and she won and she's now representing her district in Virginia Beach. But, you know, we're, we're not kidding when we say that every single bit matters. Uh Um, And, and yes, I think the fundraising has been paying off. We've already raised over $1.6 million directly to our campaigns this year, our 39 campaigns in nine States, um, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Minnesota. North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Wisconsin. And uh, some of these, uh, you know, small under-resourced races, they're not used to seeing this kind of fundraising, especially not this kind of fundraising come from, you know, San Francisco, right? Sure, like the big Congress people, the president, all of those, those candidates come here, but um, it's, it's less common to uh, have such interest from all over the country in these state-led races. So we're really happy to help support that.
0: We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth In Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. And if San Franciscans are listening and, you know, there's just a few more days left, is there, are there things we can do still at this point to, to help either your cause or just, you know, um, other races that are important in general? Do you have any advice
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, of course, there are really wonderful races at Sister District that I would definitely encourage folks to uh, uh, join into in terms of helping. Um, but the, really, the key here is phone banking. Mm-hmm. Make calls, call voters, call them, call them, call them. Um, it's uh, you know writing postcards and letters is really awesome. We are kind of coming down to the wire on uh, yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> Those need to be
0: mailed, obviously. So
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, And, you know, although in-person door knocks are the very best thing that can be done in field work, of course, we can't do much of that this year. Um, And so the next best thing is making phone calls. And it can sound a little bit scary and maybe sound like it's not going to be that fun, but it can actually be really great. And especially in this final stretch, it's making uh, GOTV phone calls, which means it's get out the vote. These are folks that have already been identified as supporters. And so you're calling them, you're helping to make a plan for them to vote. You're giving them information they may not have already had. You're answering their questions. It feels really good. And a lot of times people are just so psyched because there's so much energy around this election. Um, They really want to get out there and vote. Yeah. Um, So uh, what's really cool is we've got you know, tons and tons of phone banks, hundreds of phone banks from now until election day. There's a series of phone banks I might point folks to if they're interested in jumping in called our top priority phone banks at Sister District. We've got some really fun special guests coming up. Um, Tim Heidecker from the comedy duo, Tim and Eric is going to be there. Um, A personal favorite of mine, Ann Friedman from the podcast, Call Your Girlfriend, Uh is going to be joining us on the 26th. Um, Nick Thune is another comedian and David Cross, uh, who's best known perhaps as Tobias from Arrested Development mm-hmm. will also be joining us as well. He's also a returning phone banker with us. Uh, so that's a really fun way. Um, for- how
0: do people sign up for that?
1: Yes. So people can go to sisterdistrict.com Um, and you'll see our GOTV page there. Uh, and it's just right on the homepage. You'll be able to look for a big purple banner that says top priority phone banks. Um, and you can make calls with us.
0: And what are your tips for phone banking for people who don't like talking on the phone and don't like striking up conversations with people that they don't know? (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, which is definitely a, a lot of people. And, you know, and if you're scared,
1: you know, I would encourage folks to know three things. One, we're calling voters that the campaign thinks are in the ballpark of voting with us. And so that means that it's friendly folks, um, it's supporters, it's helping people make a plan to vote. Second, there's a full 30-minute training at the top of each of the phone banks that I just mentioned. Um, and most of the other phone banks they'll find in the sister district universe. Um, and there are multiple check-ins you know, to share successes and ask questions on Zoom with uh, staff or with veteran volunteers the whole time. You know, So anytime you have a question, we're right there with you. Um, and third, it's really just jumping in and giving it a try. So many phone bankers who swore that they would never make calls to strangers said that they just, you know, like closed their eyes and took a plunge and it ended up <laughs> being a really awesome experience and they really wanted to come back. Uh, so cool. yeah. And I think the last bonus thing that I would say is yes, you know, it feels hard to make that leap and make phone calls, but it probably feels worse to wake up wishing that you'd done more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good point. And this year has been so miserable on so many fronts, um, politically, health-wise, you know, um, everything. Do you think 2021 is going to bring brighter days or not? Or can we expect more of the same?
1: I think much brighter days are in store for us in 2021. (laughs) I think that we're going to see a bunch of victories in the electoral space. I think that although, uh, you know, who knows what Trump is gonna do, but I don't think that he has the power or the backing. And I think that, as I said at the top, our democracy is strong enough. The people have the power, the voters have the power to uh, to see a transition into out of the Trump era and into a much bit- better, brighter era. Uh, with leadership that we can really admire at all all levels of government, president, Congress, all the way down, state ledge, dog catcher, you name it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I will look for our new dog catcher. Well, you've survived the serious questions and now it's time for the lightning round. Love it. Where (laughs) Where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito?
1: Oh, my favorite burrito comes from... At uh, 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 Pancho Villa mm-hmm. in the mission, on what is it, 16th, 17th? Their orange sauce is amazing. I will say my favorite tacos are at Vallarta.
0: Okay. What was your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco?
1: My friends joke that I've never seen a movie because I've seen so <laughs> few movies, but uh, my husband recently did sit me down and make me watch The Rock, which was uh-huh. absolutely delightful. <laughs>
0: Sean Connery, gotta love him. Yeah. And Nick Cage. I mean, never gets old. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, thinking back to when bars were open about a decade ago, where is your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink?
1: Oh, my gosh. I have to give Manny's a shout out. I love Manny's. Yes. I love going there for a drink, for a cup of coffee, for anything. Um, yeah. But I will say that my, I think my favorite cocktails in the city are at True Laurel.
0: Nice. And speaking of Manny's, you told me before we started recording that you had your engagement party. There. I
1: did. Aww, yes. And the four times, um, yes. and it was so much fun we just had our sister district summit there. And, uh, I was like, I love this place so much. Can I also, uh, you know, celebrate this really, uh, uh, important event in my life, uh, here at Manny's and Manny was very, very gracious and generous. And we were so
0: psyched to be able to bring everybody to that space. Cool. Uh, what was your first concert? My first
1: concert was a gorillas concert, (laughs) which is very strange because it's a cartoon band.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How does uh, that work? So it was
1: at the Paramount in Seattle where I grew up. And, um, you know, you could see silhouettes of the musicians playing in the background. Um, uh, but then it was all kind of like animated big visuals, which was pretty cool.
0: Huh. What was the last book you read? The
1: last book that I read is the new Jim Crow. I'm actually reading it right now. It is
0: mm-hmm.
1: very, um, Yeah, it is exactly, I think, what is necessary to read at a time like this, but it is very, very, very grim. Um, And I think it just reminds me how much work there still is to do uh, at all levels. And it reminds me of, in particular, the importance of state legislative races, uh, local races in particular. I am going to name check, if you don't mind, Chesa Boudin is a friend of mine, and incredible to see what he's been able to do in his new position here as our SFDA. Um, You know, it's these kinds of races that are so, so, so important to actually making a difference in people's lives um, and tearing down, uh, dismantling structural racism in all of its forms.
0: And your Twitter bio says you're an amateur climber, surfer, and midnight baker. So what is your favorite place to climb your favorite beach to surf and your favorite treat to bake at midnight uh my favorite
1: place to climb is actually just a mission cliffs and i'm so sad it's been closed for so long but it is uh you know looks to be starting to reopen a little bit which is great this is a very mission heavy <laughs> I, I spend a lot of my time in a mission if you can't tell i live here too um uh my favorite place to surf is in bolina's uh, the waves are mm-hmm. long and rolling and like knee high all the time, which is great for me because I'm a terrible surfer. I just like. <laughs> <direction>. <laughs> and my favorite thing to
0: bake is uh, probably any kind of olive oil cake. I really like the kind of savory, oh, savory, sweet. Nice. And who is your favorite politician that most listeners would never have heard of? That is a great question.
1: I think I have to give a shout out to. Danica Rome, who was the first transgender uh, uh, state legislator to be elected to the Virginia State Senate. She is amazing. She has an incredible Twitter presence. She is one of our first candidates we ever supported here at Sister District. And we're so proud to have supported her. I mean, she is not only pathbreaking, you know, in terms of her identity, But it's just been incredible to see the way that she elevates local issues, you know, the issues that people really actually care about. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of some boring stuff sometimes, right? It's traffic, it's road improvements, it's uh, teacher pay, it's, you know, what are the hours of, um, you know, the the, the local hospitals and what kind of healthcare is available to folks. You know, with her and a bunch of other of the folks that we helped to elect in 2017, Virginia was able to expand Medicare to—I'm sorry, Medicaid—to over 400,000 people. Um, And so, yes, Danica Rome, if you don't know her, look her up. She's fabulous.
0: Good choice. Do you think the echo chamber in San Francisco is a good thing or a bad thing?
1: I don't think that any echo chambers are a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but put another way, I think that the immense wealth of energy and resources and knowledge and passion and innovation here is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like that incredible depth of what we have going on here for us is a really good thing. I think that, you know, it is a bit disappointing sometimes to see people just sort of talking to each other and then spiraling in these perhaps unproductive ways What I have been more encouraged by and what I see, what I see mostly is that people really want to make a difference and they're looking for the most strategic way to have an impact. And so they come to organizations like Sister District, like Dem Action, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like uh, there's just so many ways out there to get involved. People show up at Manny's, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and I think that that's just really incredible to see. And that part is
0: good. (laughs) Cool. And last question, what is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? I always
1: make sure to spend a few minutes on Duolingo every day. (laughs) I try, I'm trying to learn Chinese. My Chinese is terrible, but it feels very important to me um, to, to kind of keep that that flexibility um, of mind. And it really helps to calm me down. Um, it's kind of the equivalent or it's like the, the, the productive counterpart of doom scrolling, you know, <laughs> <laughs> instead of closing my night out with like, Oh my gosh, where did 10, where did my like two hours go? And now it's one am and I've been doom oh, scrolling on Twitter. <laughs> I try to be like, okay, I'm very tired. I'm going to do a Chinese lesson and then I'm going to turn my phone off and go
0: to sleep. <laughs> Good advice. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was really fun to talk to you. So fun to talk to you, Heather. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you to Lala Wu for joining me today, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and to you for listening.